there. How are we doing, everyone? Welcome. Welcome to another exciting, and you know it is, exciting episode of Because Cannabis from Wayward Media. Thank you for joining. My name is BC Wayman. I am missing I am missing my partner in crime today. It makes me so sad. Uh, I hope you are doing well, Dustin, a little under the weather uh, today, but he will be back next week. And you know, you know that you want to be back here next week because we are going to be doing a live show, a live show that is Wednesday, September, sorry, so Wednesday, February 15th, 4.20 p.m. on YouTube, a live show. And we're going to be doing giveaways. We're going to be giving away products from Licit Glass. You know that we're doing that. Our partners, Licit Glass, Gibby, down in Virginia, making some of the best American glass products that are out there. So right now, head to wayward.media slash giveaway. Head to wayward.media slash giveaway. Go follow the instructions on the site. Make sure on those social media posts you use hashtag giveawayward, and then you will be entered. We're going to do our drawing live next week on the air 420 p.m got a special guest raven from plant save my life podcast will be joining us on that show today's show today's show uh is a good one even though it's just me by myself because we get to find and hang out with some uh i think a cool person we're gonna find out i'm judging ahead of time i'm assuming i'm making that assumption that our guest today is cool they have a cool vibe about them they got all these cool photos that they're taking and the super trippy cool artwork that they're doing but are they cool Right. Is someone cool just on appearance alone? That's a tough question to say, right? You we see celebrities, you see famous people, and you're like, that person looks cool. You see athletes doing cool things, rappers, rock and roll artists. That's an old person way to say that. Doing cool things. Are they cool? I don't know. Are they perpetrating? Are they fronting? As no one says anymore, are they cool? It's hard to say. Maybe being cool. Maybe being cool to make sure you subscribe. Uh, hit that channel below. Follow us at MeetWM socially. Maybe being cool is just wearing the right color, right? Sometimes it's just about how you look. Like how you look makes you feel good. So sometimes, sometimes you're like, should I wear this color today? What if everyone's wearing this color today? It's popular. But when you break out mustard yellow, which is how I would describe this, when you break out this mustardy yellow shirt, which was a choice I made today. You assume that no one else in the world is probably wearing a mustardous yellow beige shirt, but Emily, you are. <laughs> uh, Emily Eisen, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining Because Cannabis. Uh, I got to say, the color looks great on you. Thank you. You too. I, you know, it just complements all the autumn tones, you know? <laughs> the autumn tones, but it's actually like uh, winter. It's winter, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if you know seasons as well. I'm sure you've read about seasons in a book, and I did, uh, clearly. Uh, but we are in the doldrums here in Northeast Ohio. And as you sit on the West Coast, on the left coast, as you sit there, nice and warm weather, uh, we are here, and it is gray, and it is lack of sunshine. Uh, and it really brings down that creative spirit. Uh, Emily Eisen, a multimedia artist, emilyeisen.com. Uh, we'll talk about everything that she is doing, her Instagram, at Emily Eisen. Uh, make sure you check that out. Follow the links below. You have some amazing things that you're doing right now. And we'll get to all that cool work, but you are in a place that I feel like if I was all the time, I would probably be able to harness that creative energy. Do you think... And I'm going to guess you seem like a like a gal who's connected a little bit into the outer sphere. Uh, do you think that all that sunlight encourages creativity? Do you think because you're in L.A., because you're in the sun, the weather is good, that you feel freer? I don't know if that's right. Like, to be able to create more than those of us that are like huddled up in zero degree weather at this moment. Personally, I love the weather here in Southern California. I definitely think it. <laughs> 
um helps at least like in terms of like getting essential like vitamin d like i literally have like seasonal depression like when it gets dark earlier like i get depressed so it's like having sunlight really is like so important to my mental health and i think when your mental health is good that um you know you can be in a better space to create so I know. I just got prescribed. This is how this is some old man shit happening right here. I just got prescribed, not like recommended, prescribed vitamin D pills because my vitamin D was low. And they're like, oh, yeah, like not low testosterone, but no, low vitamin D. So now I have prescription vitamin D just to bring up uh, the internal uh, workings. I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. I'm so sorry. I probably need to take them too, but can never get enough. You can never get enough Emily Eisen. Maybe Emily Eisen. Can, Maybe you can't get too much vitamin D. I don't know if that's a thing. But I don't know. Like, I don't know about the vitamin D. You can clearly get too much sun, right? You could clearly get too much sun and your skin gets, you know, cancerous or that leatherish kind of wrap that some of those people who have been living in the Keys or the deep parts <laughs> of uh, Southern there, like have that, you know, leather-like skin. Like, so clearly you can get too much and even you can get too much in a short sitting go from my palish skin gets burnt you know like that uh but i think vitamin d feels like it should be something that you can't like od on i feel like you can always have vitamin d like you can't have enough right i know i mean even though like the sun is shining like <laughs> I still need to like go outside and like actually feel it on my skin. I'm sorry. I'm like a little bit faded, like maybe a little bit. Yeah, like, that's all right. It happens, Emily Eisen. I think that's part of what probably makes your work so amazing. It, Emily Eisen. Uh, like, I know I look faded, but you know, nah. I was like, it's fine. It is fine. It's a cannabis podcast. It is a cannabis podcast and we have all sorts of folks here on because cannabis from wayward media you know we have we talk business we talk marketing uh we have been on the stretch recently talking a lot of creativity in the industry and i want to bring something up right away we'll get to all the great things you're doing but if you go right now uh to emilyeisen.com normally dustin's here to help me out with all this i apologize but if you go right now uh to emilyeisen.com you're gonna see and you can see it on screen right now uh some amazing photographs that you have just taken from two of you know the OG stoners, those things. You have some great photos that you did for California Leaf uh, magazine, it looks like. And there's a couple different pictures uh, that you took. Well, there's some of your great art. We'll get oh, to that's that. That's not me. That's, uh, not them, but that's me, not them. <laughs> yeah, this is you taking some amazing photographs. So let's talk about this. This is what just hit recently. And I just found this out. So uh, you do a lot of photography. You do a lot of your own artwork, your own sculptures. Uh, but the photographs, you know, taking pictures of people, especially like when you're a, I'm going to put in air quotes, like a cannabis photographer or a cannabis centric or friendly artist. And then you get to photograph icons. I think it's fair to call them icons when you definitely icons. So how does that go when they first call you or email you and you read that assignment? What's your first immediate thought as soon as you get the possibility that like, hey, Emily, we'd like to consider you for oh this? God. What happens right away in the brain? Like, what's oh, your I'm thought process? It. I'm reliving it right now that you're saying that. Um, but first of all, if you go to go to page um, on the link. There we go. Then it can show you all the pictures. Oh, look at those. <sighs> they look a little faded right there. Uh, so that getting that call was so exciting um you know i've been working with 
um, leaf magazines for a while now. And, you know, they're also kind of an independent, like smaller media company. So they mm -hmm. were like almost just as excited. Like they were like, and we think that, you know, you're going to rise to this occasion and like capture this kind of like rebranding moment where they're like coming back together as like a pair and really just showcasing like them in this generation without like losing the roots of like where they come from, you know? Cause like mm -hmm. I wanted to capture that, but we like updated everything they're wearing. Like honestly, like the latest fashion, the stylish shout out to Terreno Win, absolutely crushed. Yeah, look at them. They look like I mean they look, he's wearing a Prada bucket hat oh. and the Grateful Dead SBs, like the drip like is immaculate <laughs> he does look they look oh yeah, they look stone like, but they look a fantastic like i don't know if i could pull that off but they look with well, a photographer uh you know obviously did an amazing job but their wardrobe that picked it out for the shoot and then the background and colors that went with it you guys work together as a team and put together an amazing uh rebranding i think is a good way to call it because i think you know i work at the cleveland school of cannabis and i'm around a lot of cannabis enthusiasts who are younger right in that kind of 18 to 30 year old range and we recently as part of a movie night played a cheech and chong like an og up in smoke oh, and yeah. so many of them a had never seen it before it was their first time seeing it and they felt like it just was a little dated right in the reference right. and those things so i feel like this reception of bringing it back like i you've done an amazing job of modernizing some ogs in the field right so i hats Thank off to you guys you. I know they like had it in them and I just needed to like bring it out because when they put on the clothes, like the clothes weren't wearing them. Like they were, they were wearing the clothes, they were feeling themselves. Um, and yeah, it was amazing. So the green look um, in the green room was actually the one that was really supposed to capture this kind of like old school um, up in smoke when they're like in the car and like those mm -hmm. classic outfits. Um, but with like a modern twist and like also an artistic twist. If you look at Cheech's shoes, he actually has like faces painted on the shoes. Like it's so crazy. Um, I can't get close enough, but that's cool. Here's another, there's other pictures where you can see them. Oh, wait, right here, maybe. Yeah, Check you can up. see them in that one. Oh yeah, look at that. It's honestly, it was so cool. Like it was just the best experience and they're both so nice and just really easy to work with. And just like, I felt like I was just like hanging out with like, you know, like them in the movie, like those, that's really how they are in real life. And I will admit, I will admit, like, as this kind of like newer generation of like cannabis smoker, like I, I obviously know them and like know, knew that they were like icons and like mm -hmm. I knew all about them, but I'd actually never seen the actual movie. So before the shoot, I did a little prep work and I was watching and I was like, okay, like I see and like I value like at that time that was like so radical and crazy what they were doing and like boundary pushing and like I totally respect that and I, I just wanted to do that but like in this time period I guess. That makes it. Did you find it funny? Like, did you laugh? Did you yeah, roll? I was, like, was we it? We're hysterical? all laughing. It was. It was so. It was so funny. And they have this like back and forth banter that's like classic. Like, it's like they're like. It's like you're watching a comedy show. Like when you're shooting with them, honestly. And like, um, you know, we were all smoking, but like they were really smoking because they for the shots. And I was like, I hope when I'm in my 80s that I can still like face a joint like this. Like they're just Yeah, right. Like, no, I would imagine uh, crazy. 
I don't know, like Cheech has been a little more out of it. He's been doing his own thing. He's got his Nass Bridges gig or whatever. That probably ended. Uh, but, you know, Tommy Chong has still been all in. He's still been represented. He did Dancing with the Stars. Like he's got his own line of products out there. Uh, but Cheech has been away a bit. So I would imagine Chong, Tommy Chong, can still hold his own. But Cheech is still rocking too. Cheech is still he's idol. Rocking and, I mean, he's like getting into like the art world, which, you know, obviously I really respect. I think he has like his own art museum. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. So he's definitely not out. He had a cannabis brand, but now they're coming together to form their own cannabis brand as Cheech and Chong because they both had separate ones before. Mm-hmm. So this, this is their like re reuniting, I guess. Uh, that makes sense. And it's a smart move, right? A branding marketing wise, like it's creatively a smart move. I got to imagine, put the two together and then relaunch it. There probably is going to be a new movie. Something's coming out. It'll be a whole thing. Uh, and you get to be part of the impetus, like taking those first photographs and putting their new vision, their new brand, which you helped orchestrate. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And there's um, hopefully more to come. They have expressed some interest in wanting to collaborate again. So We'll see. I mean, knock on wood, I hope I can be have the privilege to shoot them again. No, that would be awesome. All right. Well, let's take it back. We got going with that. Uh, but let's go back uh, to where we started, to where, you know, we first learned about you and art art and cannabis. Uh, so take us back. Tell us a little bit, uh, you know, your story, a little bit in time, EOG, how you got into art and then cannabis. And then we'll kind of go from there, I guess. Awesome. So basically, I... In high school, I'll take it all the way back. Yeah, go for it. We got plenty of time. It's me and you. We got no Dustin here to like answer bad questions. Like it's just us. Let's chat. Right. Our mustard yellow shirts. Right. Basically, so I was always just very into activism and you know social justice. Like I was just an ultra feminist in high school. I like changed the dress code at my school. Like I was just focused on like politics and like changing the world. And you know that's like what I wanted to do. And I was awesome though. Thank you. Yeah, I was always like an artist, but I i guess I didn't think like, oh, my career is going to be as an artist. You know, I thought mm-hmm. I was going to get into some kind of like politics or lobbying or mm. something. So I went to school in D.C. for about a year in, in college. Um, and I was a political science major. And I, you know, it, as we were talking about earlier, like the climate in D.C., like literally like where I was in the school that I was at, like everything about it was just like very, just like a lack of creativity and like creative energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like, you know, everyone was just focused on like getting an internship on Capitol Hill. And like, it was just like a more like conservative vibe, I guess. Um, yeah. Luckily I met my roommate and still to this day, my best friend, um, she's the one who really like kind of like introduced me to cannabis. You know, she it wasn't like, she was like, Hey, like, smoke <laughs> she wasn't like smoke it, smoke no, it, like blow it in your face like, or anything. Like peer pressure or anything. Like I was really open to it also. And like curious about it. But, um, basically that's when like that, like I really was shown how this plant can like just, foster so much creativity and like Mm -hmm. just it really was like the creativity just like exploded inside of me again and like I was just so passionate about the arts and like you know I still was like 
really focused on making a difference, but I just got so depressed in the lack of <laughs> maybe sunlight. And Yeah, right. See what so, happens? One winter out there. I was just like, I smoked and my mind was just like expanded. That's the year that like Tim and Paula's Currents came out, the album. So I was like, just like smoking, listening to that. And I was just like, I have to go home, you know, back to Southern California. Like I was yeah. like, I just, this isn't for me, you know? Um, so I left. And then I was taking art classes at Santa Monica College and I was like really into the arts there. But, you know, I didn't really have that much of a career path. All I was passionate about was like art and cannabis and like obviously I wanted to make a difference, but I was just like really focused on like, what am I going to do with my life kind of thing. So yeah, no, sure. Um, basically, I started bud tending and that was like how I got into all of this. Basically, I... This was around, I want to say like 2017 or 18. Are you medicinal bud tender or are you part of the adult use? Because that was right around that same no, time. So I was originally, it was um, medical cannabis. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like anyone can get a card, you know? Yes. <laughs> I was right around. I just wasn't sure because I was curious, you know, before we go kind of to the art, how was that? like experience, you know, we, I talk to a lot of people who are trying to get into the industry and that's always that job that people roll their eyes at, but I feel like it can be an eye opening pun intended experience. How was your time like dispensing that product and meeting all these patients? Wow. Um, so at this time, like in California, it was still very much like the wild west. There was mm -hmm. no, you know, regulations or like recreational dispensaries. So, um, I would say, in a lot of ways, working back in the day was like such a blessing because it put me in a spot where when it did go legal, like it was just a boom, you know, mm -hmm. I was already in the door, but also there was a lot of like shady stuff going on and like, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, no, you know, no one's like looking out for, you know, the mistreatment of bud tenders really. Yeah, like HR departments weren't really a thing no, and still like, really are. not at all. That's, a, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, I mean, but. I learned, you know, once I found the one shop that I kind of planted roots at, like I was like going around from shop to shop. Oh, right okay. And then I found one that was like really great. And I met so many people like whose lives have just been completely like changed for the better because of cannabis, like so many different use cases, people coming in saying, oh, you know, I have whatever ailment and this is what I use. And then I go and recommend it to someone who, you know, has the same problem and it works for them. Like it yeah. just, it was a really great experience to be able to see firsthand how this, you know, plant has changed people's lives. And I just, you know, I learned so much about the actual plant itself and um, the products and the different types of, you know, methods and uses. It was just really I learned so much at that time. Um, and I, I'm, I still, you know, I'm still the bud tender for people like in my family or like my friends are like, Hey, what should I get? Like, like I'm still, you know, I still do those. You're a little consulting on the side. I do a little consulting. Yeah. Exactly. Um, terpene profiles to help, help them down some cannabinoid yeah, so, explanations. Right. right. So all of that was kind of a foundational experience, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. But the turning point was when I was given the chance 
to be their uh, social media and a like content creator, basically. Okay. For because I, I, I just noticed that there was a complete lack of like diversity or you know creative imagery in the cannabis space at that time. For me, I was mostly just seeing like stuff that was you know basically like by men for men like yeah i had a, a cannabis were just like props basically is it bro-ish at some points yeah, right there was a yeah there it's was a word it, and a word that. bro-ish yes. yeah um, that's exactly the word i'm trying to describe um, yeah the early years that like oh seven oh eight i mean there's a lot of good too once again it's obviously a lot of good out there but and i feel like in the last three or four years there has been this push towards you know inclusivity in both 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 gender both off you know kind of sexual orientation and race uh but in that early era that wild west it became a bit like that so i would imagine it was hard it was a boys club like especially like and if there even was like marketing it was not it wasn't from a place of like wanting to showcase like beauty and creativity yeah. like the actual culture of cannabis which is like you know kind of what i like to draw on in my artwork is this kind of like um psychedelic kind of beautiful free love free spirit essence of you know the 60s and the 70s which is what i you know that's when cannabis culture kind of became mainstream in the united states yes um, so i just i i like to harken back on those aesthetics while infusing this kind of like social justice um aspect where i'm showcasing people that have either you know they had their lives changed negatively because of the war on drugs so mm -hmm. as a person with privilege and as someone who yes was in this kind of like illegal industry but like look the way i look and you know where i'm from you know probably Sorry, I'm like I lost my train of thought. Edited no, I get it. Up. No, it's it's <laughs> trying to you're 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 at the spot right when you're working for this dispensary and you're kind of trying to figure out and promote a, a different imagery than right. maybe yeah. is very common right to that place and so and you have your own beliefs and you obviously have this artistic side and you're seeing what is being talked about more now and still has a long way to go we all know this but it's better than it was especially in when you were in there is it was this broish it was this or if it wasn't that it was very much weed culture like smoke it and get high or you go to trade shows and there was like you have at the auto trade show where it's almost like a hot car and then a lady scantily clad and like that was at cannabis conventions like there was women in bikinis right, right. selling pre-rolls and i'm like well what does that have to and you've it's gotten better but it sounds like as you were given this responsibility to create an image and a brand kind of your first time to promote you chose to go against the grain but something that was you know kind of true to the heart in that and it obviously has sparked more of an interest for there because you went from social media manager to what you're doing at emilyeisen.com so was that in, interesting to kind of get it out there early on was it well received you're putting out you know early images you're you're feminizing it a bit you're giving back to that Not 60, a bit, 70, like a lot. all in no you're like all in you're yeah. like a bit you're like all in well that's awesome i mean hell yeah yeah um so 
that was just a really incredible experience to be able to like they had a grow room in the back so i would really just like take the product off the shelves take some cannabis leaves like stage a beautiful photo like maybe ask one of the other bud tenders to model for me like that's why i was doing it in the early days but all right um but then i guess more and more brands saw you know especially with like the boom of like social media um mm. they really saw this kind of like new revolution of cannabis users who are you know just that don't fit into this one mold that like the industry was kind yeah. of selling and um i think people are drawn to it i mean that's i i aim to create you know beauty in this space where there kind of wasn't a lot being showcased at the time so if you're sitting there starting to take these photos and starting to put it out, was that something you're already doing? Were you already kind of a photographic artist when you were doing some of your early art? Or was it more your traditional, which is some of the stuff you do, like some sculptures and things? Are you already taking um, photos pre? I mean, I've, yeah, I've been doing like mixed media art since my teens. And mm -hmm. I've always just kind of like cut out pictures and then drawn over them and things like that, like made collages. So I was already very familiar with this. But I mean, personally, I was focused on more like traditional arts as I was in school for that. Um, but then when I started making money doing um, content and photos and brand work in the cannabis industry, I was like, okay, this is like a real avenue that like, I can pursue I found this niche and I can just like, put everything into it. And that's kind of what I did. And I gained a client base. And then from there, it just became its own thing. It became you know, Emily Eisen with a Z and cannabis artists and all these things yeah. that I've been, you know, blessed with. But it's definitely come with its challenges um, as it's not a traditional path, you know. Sure. Um, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's all right. How is it? I'm just curious. You know, there are a lot of people who try to get into this space. I think especially now you have a great Instagram. Uh, we'll toss that handle on there at Emily Eisen. We have a lot of great stuff that, you know, these photographs you're putting out there in the artwork. And I think a lot of people in the cannabis space are trying to find some influencerness. You know, we're talking about it here on our little podcast. Uh, if you have a lesson learned, do you have a few pits of advice for people who are maybe trying to get to where you're at now? If you can, because we're reminiscing and we'll get to some of the great stuff you have at uh, emilyeisen.com, some of the artwork you're doing in a minute. But if you have some advice for people trying to get to where you've gone or what some of the challenges that you faced and wish you went like, Oh damn it. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. Like we all have those. Uh, do you have a couple of those that you can uh, talk about or remember? I do. I do. I would say don't sell yourself short. I feel like I've looked back a lot and been like, I could have, you know, I could have charged way more for that or I should have, you know, I shouldn't have accepted, you know, free weed as payment every time, you know, uh, what's you the know, Hold on, what's the, uh, for, uh, oh my God, I just had a thing. I do a lot, I could do, I do a little bit of acting on the side here. Uh, exposure, that's what the word is. We're going to give yeah. you this for exposure. A lot of work for exposure when you're getting started in content creation, uh, and it very rarely exposes you in any way, shape, or form. Right, um, yeah, so just, I would say, because it kind of like lowers the bar for like the field in general. If people are accepting work for like lower than, you know, they're worth then they're mm -hmm. just gonna charge everyone lower you know i just think yeah. i think staying true to yourself i mean is obviously like corny advice but i would say 
it it works, you know, at least it sure. for me. I I, you know, as a queer woman and through my growth um in that through my artistic journey, like I've really tried to bring that element into the cannabis space as well because I mean, queer people were the ones who fought for the right for like medical cannabis, especially here in California, like um, Dennis Perron and people like that, um, who really paved the way during the AIDS crisis for medicinal use of cannabis. So I just, including the LGBT community is something that's important to me, but, you know, find something that you really want to like make a difference about that you're passionate about that, you know, and, you know, for lack of a better word, like, you know, sometimes you got to fuck off these brands and like focus on your own brand. You know what I'm saying? Like these are great words. I think it's not even lack of better words. That's the words to say. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard line to walk sometimes though. Right. And I appreciate that you put yourself out there and I think it's awesome. I do want to talk in a minute about kind of what it's like to put that information out there to share like your orientation and be so confident in that and the challenges. But I think it's important because people do need to be themselves, but I think sometimes, especially in this space, you have to just know, I don't want to say know when to be the different versions of you. Does that make sense? A bit of a chameleon-esque thing, right? There are just certain ways. Uh, I know a few very eccentric folks, and I think sometimes they struggle. Uh, and even Dustin has this problem sometimes. He's not here, but he's very long-haired. He's got a huge beard. He wears, like, beanies and hoodies all the time. He looks like your traditional stoner. Uh, we often make jokes about it's easier for me to even by wheat, because I look less stonerish than him. Uh, so I think it's good to put yourself out there. Have you found times where you needed to alter who you are? Or are you more just, no, I am always me. And that is something that's important to you to always be well, you, no matter what the naysayers say. I wouldn't even say, you know, naysayers, but I, there's been a lot of times where, you know, everyone needs to make a living. And I, I have to adapt my talent to other brands other than the ones that look like my Instagram page, if that makes mm. sense. So it's like, yeah, it does. so if there's a brand that looks more, you know, toned down or more masculine or more modern or whatever the case may be, I do really try to, when they're my clients, I do adapt to, you know, different aesthetics and I'll, you know, I'll make it look like what they want me to look what they want it to look like but i i i think it's the principles that you shouldn't change you know if they're asking me to like do something that i don't believe in like i won't do it like i was asked by some republican in mm. i don't want to i don't want to like expose so i'm just gonna say a republican you know congressperson sure. ever wanted me to do a live painting at their like fundraising event or something and i was like no yeah. <laughs> i was like like that's where i draw the line but like you know i can be different versions of myself you know i'm not always you know pink and sparkly even though I'm i pink and... kind of am a you lot. should be pink and sparkly i try to be <laughs> pink and sparkly as much as possible if i'm being honest right. uh, i am curious though and, and i know uh several people who have who are open about who they are who open out their orientation you know in this industry and it's been very refreshing i love to see it and we have a strong african-american community where i work at which i love to see but we still have you know this ways to go do you like putting yourself out there? Is that something that uh, you feel has been accepted? Or do you feel like it's been a bit of a challenge, like with, you know, putting your orientation out there? Has it been you've like something you've been advised to not do? Or is that I'm just curious of how that's been on that end for you? 
Um, I think it was more of a struggle as like a, you know, kind of customer facing, I guess, person. That makes sense. Like when I was like a butt tender, I would say that was much more of an issue in terms of like people making comments about yeah. just whatever. If I mention that I'm gay, they'll be like, oh, well, you're too, you know, pretty or whatever to like not have a man or like whatever the case, yeah. whatever, you know, just like stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, just like, you know, some like backhanded compliment or whatever, you know, there's that. But I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think it's a great moment for, What I try to do is, um, sorry, edit that part. Lost my train of thought again. Oh, yes. I think when I was first kind of, you know, blossoming as a creative and like as a brand, uh -huh. um, I was like the face of it, obviously. Um, it was me mostly doing like self portraits and stuff and me putting myself out there as like a queer woman, you know, uh -huh. building as an individual, but now that i am where i'm at now like it's honestly like completely shifted and like i'm finding that less and less that i want to be the focus of the attention and i'd rather spotlight others like through my camera and through my photography and through my work like that's really like more interesting to me now i i mean obviously like i'm a baddie and i love myself but i mean i i i know there's so many others that you know, I could open a door for or showcase or highlight that really deserve it, like, and that have been on the forefront of the culture and, you know, or like have sacrificed their like lives for yeah. like, and their freedom for like the, you know, just the same thing that I'm doing openly. So I, I want to really showcase others more than myself these days, I would say. Um, and I'm just, getting more into like storytelling and like editorial photography. So I would say I, I it's still, it still can be me and mine, like my image without me being in the center all the time, like of attention, sure. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a balance between, you know, me always just being out there and, or more of like an orchestrating behind the scenes role where I can make like more of an impact, you know? I was going to ask if now that you've kind of evolved and maybe you answered this, but maybe it's more professional. Do you have a, a medium, you know, or a multimedia artist? Do you have a medium that you prefer or that is your go-to or your happy place? Or is it just kind of the ability to create? Do you have, and you mentioned you were more into photography, like professionally right now and telling that story, but is that where Emily needs to go to be happy? When Emily needs to go to be happy, what kind of art medium is she creating? I think multimedia like painting. So when I can incorporate like like my photography and then like paste it onto one of my paintings and like paint around that, like I think that's like where I really find like magic happening. And like wow. it'll turn out where it's like I'll just cut something randomly and I'll place it down and it like fits like literally perfectly with like the line of like the what I did with the paint. Like I like those moments like. I live. So I kind of like, <laughs> I, and I can use photos that I've used to like make money or like client, photo, mm -hmm. whatever. Like I can use that and then turn it into something completely different and put it in a painting and change the colors around. So it's like, 
there's just so much to work with when you're working with like photography and painting and drawing just together. That's like, that's what makes me really happy. Well, that's good. I'm glad you have it. It sounds like though you found the way to combine the two, right? You have the photography and then you have kind of the, yeah. the physical contact, which is painting, which gives you this like, you know, immediacy in that moment when you're connecting uh, with those two. That's interesting though, right? You found a way to combine the two, uh, you know, when you talk about, and if you go to your Instagram at Emily Eisen and these things, you have kind of this 60s, 70s, like culture. Is that something you've, always had did that evolve i mean you, you went to more traditional is that something you've settled into or is that just really who you were and that's that's been that way since the beginning almost um i mean i've always admired like vintage aesthetics and mid-century modern and that whole time period and that, in high school i like was like a rockabilly so i was like all about like the 50s and you know, oh okay i was like, my hair like that not many people know that that's kind of an exclusive moment the rockabilly about. stage like you're talking like uh poodle skirts and like those yeah, things yeah like 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 pin curls and you know red lipstick and i i wasn't like a poodle skirt really, i i know the vibe I though like, actually definitely like grease vibes a um, grease but with a modern twist right with a little bit right. modernization so I, that's what i was into but as i you know I think grew more as a person, as a creative, I really identified a lot with like, you know, Woodstock and mm -hmm. like that, that whole era of like creativity. Um, so I would say vintage has always been a passion, but I think what I like now is kind of updating it because I know I don't want to sound oblivious. Like I know the sixties were like a terrible time for like so much, so many people and so many different groups. Like I'm not saying the sixties were this like idyllic era, but in terms of the culture of like free love and, you know, the aesthetics and all of that stuff, like that's what I aim to capture, but like putting it through a modern lens where it's like, it's like futuristic. It's like retro futurism, if that makes sense. I can buy that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, I think some sci-fi goes down that way, even like cyberpunk stuff, which is like steam engines with like modern, you know, weaponry. It's that same vibe, right? You take the past and the present and you just mash them yeah, up a little bit. Yeah. And like the future, you know? Yeah, like yeah, right. I want to see what, you know, the future that I know is possible in this industry, but that I've seen kind of go a different way. I'm still trying to like, I'm still trying to like pave the, like, I'm like, Hey, we can still be, you know, like equitable and diverse and beautiful. And like all these different types of things that I capture in my work. It's like, or we can be a corporate, you know, greed machine. And it's yeah. like, we're veering this way and I'm like, Hey, like this is still possible. Like it's just, it's going to take more work. I think it, nothing's ever going to get better until they free like everyone who's in prison for it. That's all I got to say. No, it's true. We had uh, Andrew D'Angelo last prisoner project on a recent episode talking about the amazing work that they're doing. Uh, you know, while we're talking about it, let's get to that. What do you think 
the future holds for cannabis. We talk about this a lot on our show, you know, with the, the corporatism. And as we're recording this, there's big you know, news happening with all these corporations, including Curaleaf, which are pulling out of states like California and all over social media, places like LinkedIn. They're arguing over whether this is a bad sign or a good sign for the industry, whatever MSOs. And, you know, is it just a profitable margin? Is the MSO going to crush the legacy market? Like these conversations seem to happen around and around again. And you obviously, I would say, based off what you just said, Emily, you're looking to Hope that obviously the smaller grower, the legacy, kind of the the OG vibe survives it, which I think will. But if you have to, you know, you take some true serum and go into the future and we grab some and we dose up right now on that. Do you think that happens? Do you think it's good all the way? Do you think it's just two separate channels? Do you think it just falls into big corporations and there's just Philip Morris owns all of cannabis? Like, what do you think really happens if you had to really put your honest cap on? Um, I just would hope that if we're going to go the route of, you know, big cannabis conglomerates and whatnot, yeah. I just hope that they're using the revenue and to, you know, invest in the same communities that, you know, that has harmed in the past. Um, but I think it needs to be kind of a top down thing, like people in the positions of power need to be those the people who haven't been in the past. And I just don't see, I don't see that happening without a lot of like noise and a lot of work from, you know, people from the consumer and people who like me, who like benefit, you know, from it. I think I just, I mean, I just, I, I, all I know is I can only do what I can with my talent and my place to showcase the kind of future that I want to see. Like I, I, speaking of Last Prisoner Project, I've been, you know, doing some work with them and it's, it's been really, it's been really eye-opening. Um, I've shot a few of their, um, I don't know how to say it, like beneficiaries or people that they have helped. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, I shot with Corvain Cooper of 40 Tons. I don't know if you've heard his story. He was like in prison for life for cannabis and was pardoned. Um, by Donald Trump, but we, we don't talk about that part. Yeah, um, sometimes it's not about what, how, it's just that you did, right? The, yeah, we're, right. we're scoreboard in this case, right? It's an ugly right. game, but the end result was a victory. Right. So um, I shot with him and I've shot with um, uh, the Worsley family. He was a veteran who had PTSD and used cannabis, you know, medicinally and then I got think... arrested for yeah. it. Um, but yeah, like doing work with people like that through organizations like last prisoner project or just me personally, like that's the, that's where I really want to go with all of this. Um, and also showcasing, you know, the modern Gen Z queer creative, you know, smokers that I know are out there, cannabis users that I know are out there and deserve to be put in the forefront because we weren't, you know, but like, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I hope it, I, I hope you continue to be a part of that when you get, uh, an assignment or maybe just, uh, you know, a job for lack of a better term. What do you go through to kind of prepare 
to photograph them, right? So whether it's the Last Prisoner Project or it's Cheech and Chong, two different scenarios, right? But when you do that, do you do you meet with them? Do you talk about them? Do you just show up that day and look at the surroundings and go like, what's your, do you storyboard out kind of with pictures? I'm curious as a creative uh, person, like when I meet other creative people, what do you, what's your process like before the shoot uh, even happens? Is Or is it just you just show up and make magic happen all pink and sparkly? Um, well, I mean, those are two different scenarios. I'd say like Cheech and Chong and, you know, something like. Fair enough. All right. So basically, um, for, um, the shoots that I've done with Last Prisoner Project, specifically the one with Sean and Ebony Worsley, I actually had like a two hour phone call with them ahead of time. And they, cause that one was like a bigger, um, a bigger project where the proceeds from this, uh, from the house of wise CBD gummies was actually going to their family. So it was oh, like okay. a profit thing. Um, but basically like I, I didn't just want to put their face with no explanation. You know, I really wanted to be able to tell their story authentically um, while still, you know, keeping the aesthetic that, you know, I'm comfortable with and everything. Um, so I basically heard his entire story, um, talked for two hours and really got to know them as people. Cause you know, I don't, I, I want to really accurately tell this, their story, you know? Uh-huh. Sure. Um, so, but with Cheech and Chong, that's a whole different story. That was like, I did mushrooms the night before, showed up and made magic fucking happen. Like, that I- is exactly what I want to hear, though. Like, but the beauty of that, and here's what I think is awesome, Emily. And it sounds silly, and we're laughing because it's a fucking awesome story uh, that you put this whole dedicated, like, personalized research into this, and then you had Teach and Chong, and you're like, "Fuck yeah, let's do it." But I think it goes back to almost what we were talking about earlier about knowing when to be different versions of you. I mean, that's yeah. the same job hey emily i need you to take pictures however that happens and you're like okay but there's two different scenarios and there's more right those there's other ones too outside of these where outside has an issue inside an issue but so i think it just speaks back to your ability to read the situation you know read the client and then both of them even the cheech and chong you clearly as we were looking at some of the photos from emilyeisen.com earlier you clearly, uh, you know, told a story. You have a whole story and a narrative and, you know, the color okay, palette. Let me, let, me, let me go back. Okay. I actually did have an entire, like, pitch deck for that. Like, I didn't just show up. I had to convince. I feel like you're ruining the story right now. I, I'm sure there's okay, facts sorry, right but, there. Okay, I love the I idea that you were just like, yes, tomorrow I'll be there. Pop, pop. Woo! Snap, no, snap. Okay. I, I, I mean, with like incorporating in the magazine and the stylist, like there's a lot of moving parts. Like I did make a storyboard and like a and like a mood board and like everything and for that. But in terms of like actually like planning and like I kind of just like knew the vision, told everyone the vision, and showed up. That's like how that worked. But I mean, it wasn't like hours of you know heartfelt research is what I'm trying to say. I think we all got that. I think that was understood, but I appreciate the clarification. It's true though. Uh, Can I just do a total side note because I was just thinking about it. I don't mean to take away from it. And going through some of your Instagram at Emily Eisen and some of the other photos on emilyeisen.com, you photograph smoke really well. I don't know. While we're talking about taking pictures, there's some several photos on emilyeisen.com or on your Instagram at emilyeisen where it's just... 
it's this billowy substance. And as someone who's watched Dustin takes photographs for different cannabis product websites, I'm sure he would have loved to talk about you. Smoke is something he complains about. Uh, like it's a hard thing to, because by the time you get it going, it's gone. Uh, right. First oh. question, real smokers are like post edit smoke. That's why that's the only thing I always want to know. Is it real smoke or are you? Um, <laughs> well, sometimes it's real and sometimes it's post. I would have to see which exact photo you're talking about. Um, Blend but- of the two maybe? Um, yes, usually it's a blend of the two, but I do do a lot of coaching with my models on how to properly smoke on camera. And it's actually like, you're like, not inhaling, like at all, you're really just inhaling and keeping all of the smoke in your mouth, like not actually like, like not actually breathing in, just like collecting the smoke in your mouth, and then like slowly just letting it out. Okay. Like, that makes sense. Slowly. So it's like, it's not just like, the song blows out like that, it's not going to look good on camera. So it's kind of like, there's a lot of coaching that goes into it. But, you know, I can make magic happen no matter what. But if it I don't have the- it in the moment, it's uh, it might go through a little bit of post-production. So the key is uh, no inhalation and then slow, like, release of the of the smoke for the vapor. Or yeah, literally, even if you just, like, open your mouth and let it come out. Oh, all right. You're doing like that, like, just effect from it i could see that all right it's one of those things though like people struggle with that they're trying to take pictures and they're like i can't get the smoke because it goes away so quickly or i know some people that use like like the other vaporizers not like cannabis but like e-juice yeah, that, pro- that produces <laughs> you know crazy amounts of smoke which is clearly too much for cannabis but sometimes uh you can get that well do you do you like to do a lot of the touch-ups like is that something you do a lot afterwards or is it more uh, about in the yeah. moment um, is that just part of the industry like is that just I'm just someone who's not in that world. Is that just how it is? Um, okay. Well, I mean, I do my best within camera. Oh, effects. sure. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot. Like I have, I actually have this here. It's like, I, I could like shoot through something like this and it'll give that kind of like filtery, like mm. misty effect. Like there are in camera filters that you can do, which I do a lot, but um, I do, I mean, I still edit my, like my colors like a lot afterwards like i kind of just need like the bare minimum of something to work with and then that's why like clients are like oh let me see the photos before you edit them and i'm like i'm like but it's like i have a vision in my head and like not everyone can see it you know but i'm like just wait till it's done like i promise like it's gonna look nothing like this (laughs) but some but some it's like kind of just a spectrum and it's like what am i working with you know what's the the vibe of the shoot but um sometimes all it takes is a little color correcting. And sometimes I'm like creating a whole other world. <laughs> You're creating just, just literally like color after color yeah. to there. Uh, I would find, I know people who do this, who find like, that's the part that drives them away. Right. Because they love the art. They love the moment of the photographing. But the reality is just like anything you watch on television, it's been cut like all these things you're watching. People have been severely post edited to give the effect that you want, but they don't enjoy that part. Is that tedious for you? Is that post edit? Is that I mean, that's where you make the money, so to speak, because that's that Mm -hmm. fine detail work that separates people. But is it tedious or do you enjoy kind of hunkering down and getting into the computer part away from the actual art part or maybe it's art to you i mean how do you look at that editing um, wow that's a really good question i i think i do like to hunker down i call it my editing hole so I'm like, okay, oh, okay. I'm, going, I'm going to an editing hole and then i'm just kind of like dead to the world but i don't know i mean 
it is kind of tedious after a while. And I, I am a big fan of film photography as well. You know, I have a film camera. I, you know, grew up like how I learned photography was like black and white film photography in the mm. dark developing. So I appreciate that, you know, a lot. Um, and I think there's a lot that can be said for both. So I don't, I'm not like ragging on, I think film photography is way more like magical and like fun because, you know, you, you get like one chance or, you know, 30, 36, 34 chances, however many, you know, yep. chances you get on a roll of film. But um, I don't know, these days, I think the bar is really high for like post-production and, you know, even with like using like AI and rendering and things like that, I think especially for like celebrities and stuff, like most people want that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when you can, and I can with not a, uh, an artistic bone in my body can take something like Canva and upload a photo and it can pick apart these pieces and stuff. And you can make something like that with not a lot of training. I think the bar is high. And I think, as I said, I think that is where people sometimes like yourself, that's where the money is made. The people that put that work in and put those extra fine touches and will hunker down in a uh, editing hole, so to speak, uh, is someone uh, who spends time hunkering music or no music when editing in the hole? Music. Words or no words to the music? Words. All right. I find sometimes when I go creative, I don't like to have words put into my head, particularly if I'm writing, because I don't want their words. So I like like chill step or EDM or stuff that just is a beat and stuff without actual lyrics to it. I didn't know. Like sometimes lyrics interfere with my brain process of creating. Like I don't want other people's words in my head. I feel uh, that. I feel that. I, I think um, when I'm maybe painting, I don't know. I, I like I like words because I usually just obsess over like one album at a time. So what are you assessing right now? What's in your is a SZA. All right. All right. Um, sure. So that that's that SZA album. That's just like like that's editing whole. Like I'll just put on that and it'll just play like over and over again. Are you like a like a teenage movie where you just kind of like are all angsty and you're just dancing around by yourself or is it really yeah. serious? Like I like I picture you just going off and just kind of doing a move and then like getting back down. Yeah, to no, like... I, it's it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> Uh, I think it's pretty awesome, Emily, uh, some of the stuff you've done. All right, let's wrap up on this because I always love uh, creative people, to be honest. Uh, do you have some work that you've put out there that you are, I don't know to say embarrassed about, but wish it wasn't out there any longer? Do you have, uh, what's some of your biggest, because successes are easy to celebrate, what, but failures are where we grow and learn and develop as mm. humans to be better. Uh, do you have some failures or one particular failure, maybe a bad job that you got hired for that the, you left the lens cap on. Do you have a, a job failure that you have learned uh, terribly from? Um, okay. Always upload your photos to a hard drive at the shoot. That's what I'll say. Um, ah. I, I have had, I've had SD card disasters before. Um, so, I, but that's like, that's like not specific, but like. That's a good tip though. I think that's um, a sneaky was, good tip. I, mean, I, there's a couple of paid ads that I did that were kind of, they kind of made me cringe that I had to leave up for a certain period of time because they paid me to, but I won't, I don't want to say. You don't I'm, need to say. I just like that. It's that anything, you know. But it was a, it was like a lounge. Okay. No, that's all. That's all we need to know. Here's what we know. You had uh, yeah, to put it anyways, up there uh, and it, did it like bother you? Were you like, don't look. Me a lot. <laughs> and I'm the kind of person that like curates my Instagram like grid aesthetic, like, 
Oh, I did come, so seeing it there really bothered me. But the check cleared, and that's all that matters. Check cleared. Do you feel uh, beholden to all 16,000 people at Emily Eisen on your Instagram? Do you feel like you have to put work for them, or are you more at the yeah. spot now where you just create? Or do you still feel like you're giving to that audience? Do you interact? Do you reply to comments? Are you very socially? I do reply. I do reply. I think I have to be a little better about kind of getting into reels and tiktok because that's honestly like nobody even wants photos anymore if i'm being real it's like now i have to make a reel of the photo shoot that i did in order for sixteen thousand people to see it because i'm so i i'm also like really shadow banned like instagram pushes down my stuff because i mean i know that a lot of cannabis accounts follow me and i post about cannabis and i interact with that and they don't allow it or don't. I think it's been proven by multiple people. You're not the first to say it. We talk about this with a couple other guests, including someone who works in this industry that you don't, you can still exist and you have 16,000 followers, but algorithmically, I believe that's the real word. Uh, like you're definitely suppressed I'm really low on the algorithm. And also yeah. I, I've been, I've been at 16,000 for like a really long time. <laughs> like I know that there should be more organic growth than that, but I'm just, it's just been stuck there. Like no matter what. So I'm like, okay, like something. And I know like sometimes people have to search for me and they have to type in like the entire thing and click enter and then something will come up. It's like a whole thing, but I try not to, I try not to let social media dictate my practice too much because then it's just a lot of comparing yourself to other people. Um, which is like a, another fatal flaw, I think mm -hmm. as a creative, um, I've done a lot of that. I've done a lot of seeing other people, you know, I don't know, you know, work with magazines that I wanted to work for. No, that's oh, that like shit. That, like that, that shit gets real. Seeing yeah. people that do what you do and you feel like, God, I'm a little better than them and they're succeeding. It's a, you get jealous. You get, especially if you know them well, you don't want to be jealous. You want to be supportive, but you no, also. I'm never jealous. I'm not jealous for, I just, I just. See, I can get that. It's just a human emotion. It's yeah. Right. I mean, I, I just, I'm not, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't know. Everyone is on their own journey and like, I just have to trust that, you know, my big break is going to come and then like it kind of did and it, and, and it's just going to keep getting better and better. So I just, one of the four agreements, um, this book called the four agreements, one of the agreements is not to like talk about other people and not to take things personally. And it's just, that's very life changing. I think that's fantastic advice. I think that's uh, amazing advice, though. I was going to actually wrap up by asking you to talk about other people, okay. uh, <laughs> but to talk about some other people that we don't know about. Uh, we know about Emily Eisen. Thank you for joining us. EmilyEisen.com at Emily Eisen. You'll find links in the subscription below or in the box below. Uh, who should we, you know, you talk about trying to support other people, whether it's uh, people in the, uh, you know, in the gay community and getting out there or whether it's diversity, like who should we to give us a few shout outs? We'll put them in the subscription below or in the box below. Okay. Should we, who should we be checking out? Hold on. This is going to take a second. Because... That's all right. You take a second. Uh, don't forget, while Emily is looking this stuff up, uh, next week, live, February, February 15th, we're doing our giveaway. Head to wayward.media slash giveaway, wayward.media slash giveaway. There is a link in the box below. Uh, 
do all the things that's in there, which is simply uh, go to the page, go to our social media, tag us at hashtag giveaway word, hashtag giveaway word. Uh, we'll do our drawing live with Raven from Plant Save My Life podcast, February 15th live show, Wednesday, 4.20 p.m., which is when all of our shows debut on YouTube. And then two weeks later on audio, just like this one with Emily Eisen. And she's looking up some other amazing artists for us to check out socially at meetwm. For the Because Cannabis podcast at Emily Eisen on Instagram, help her get above like seventeen thousand. That's our push. I don't that have that be, kind of. That would be chill. That would be really great. Uh, for that, all right. Who we got? Who should we be checking out? Okay, I'm gonna we, take some notes. Okay, um, write this down. Sorry, I, I wasn't expecting this question. It's all right. This is what happens. <laughs> so I probably should have ended before, but now we're just committed. So now we're gonna make this go. Okay. <laughs> um, I would support. Sorry, this is, I just, I just wasn't ready for this. It happens. That's how I roll. I probably, <laughs> like I said, it's, uh, it's good. We'll figure it out. We'll get them yeah. on there. We'll get a couple shout outs as we wrap up our show here. Just going through your phone. This is like, well, on average, uh, just based off, most people haven't made it through the full 60 minutes. So that's okay. Because not only the average viewer is only 42. So maybe they're clicking on to the end. And this is while not exactly amazing. It's interesting. That's how the human mind uh, works. I'm selling it however I can right now, Emily, because I put you on the spot and I'm throwing off I'm your jam. I'm a little put on the spot. No, it's nah, okay. Life. Okay. Um, support um, Green Queen Cannabis Dispensary downtown right. LA. Okay, they're a queer-owned dispensary. Shout out to Green Queen. Green Queen, shout out to them. Shout out to, um, shout out to another creative who is a musician who I love, who I know might enjoy a little now again is Luna Love Bad, who is an incredible musician and artist who I love and um, is a dear friend. And shout out to Nisha Torres, who is kind of actually more like a mentor to me who really taught me a lot and was there in the early days of the cannabis creative space. So mm -hmm. give her a shout out. And shout out to Zoe Wilder. Also. Well, shout out to Zoe Waters. Zoe Waters has been a very good friend of the show uh, here at Because Cannabis. So we'll definitely shout out to Zoe and Marcella, who works with Zoe. Thank you as well. Been nice talking. That's who I talk with mostly. But shout out to them as well. They do amazing work uh, over there. All right, Emily. Uh, thank you so much for joining the show. EmilyEisen.com, at Emily Eisen. Uh, there'll be links down below. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank for hanging out. Thanks, so for wearing, thanks for wearing tan mustard yellow colors. Like That kind thank of made the, the whole show. I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been an awesome conversation. Thank um, you. Clearly. I've had the best time. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. All right. Join us next week. Live show, uh, February 15th, as always, at Meet WM to subscribe. Catch you guys next week.